Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte has taken a position on the situation in the Taiwan Strait. Speaking to local officials last week, the pro-China Duterte said his administration would remain neutral in the event of war between Taiwan and China. Last week, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau also took a stand on Chinese expansionism. Trudeau accused China of playing Western nations against each other. He called on like-minded countries to respond to the threat by working together. China's aggression has put many nations of the world on edge. One of them is Canada, whose relationship with China soured after the 2018 detention of Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou. In a recent interview, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau called on Western nations to unite against Beijing. Trudeau urged Western countries to work together so that China can't divide one from the other. He said that Xi Jinping's China was no longer the China that Canada thought about 10 or even 5 years ago. That's something to be alert to, he said, adding that Canada must be cognizant of China's current mentality. Canada will continue to challenge China in issues including human rights and democracy in Hong Kong, he said. Last week, Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte weighed in on tensions in the Taiwan Strait. The conservative leader with a pro-China orientation said that if there were trouble in the strait, his administration would not take the Philippines into a war. A simple mistake could cause war in the region, he said in a conference with local officials. The Philippines does not have any reason to use force against China and will therefore remain neutral, he said. Let us not forget that Duterte is basically pro-China. So what he's saying now, he's clearly stating that if there were a conflict in the Taiwan Strait, he would choose not to support China but to remain neutral. That is showing to everybody that the world's posture regarding the Taiwan Strait has already changed. What the Philippines will do then in that scenario, I don't think that will be decided solely by the Philippines. Don't forget that the Philippines has also had lots of conflicts with China. So by the same token, when the Philippines gets in a conflict with China, what should Taiwan's position be? I think that there are many issues here that should be considered. Is it necessarily true that the Philippines will act in this particular way in that particular scenario? I think that the true answer can't be known until the scenario actually happens. From the Philippines to Canada, nations around the world are keeping close watch over the Taiwan Strait, as Taiwan and China stand one blunder away from war. After cutting ties with Taiwan, Nicaragua has seized the assets of Taiwan's former embassy and transferred them to China. The assets included the embassy building, its vehicles, furniture and equipment. Taiwan donated all of it to the Catholic Church before taking its flag down in Nicaragua. The donation was deemed invalid by Nicaragua, which said its switch in diplomatic recognition meant that Taiwan's assets now belonged to China. Taiwan's foreign affairs ministry has condemned the move. Taiwan finds unacceptable that Nicaragua's government has illegally taken over the assets of our embassy and illegally transferred them to the People's Republic of China. We strongly protest such actions. It's the uncivilized, disrespectful behavior of a looter. If the People's Republic of China wants these assets, well, it so happens that they are all as bad as each other. One plus one equals two, making two crooks. It's outrageous and despicable.
Nicaragua abruptly cut ties with Taiwan on December 10th and switched allegiance to Beijing. Taiwan's diplomatic detail in Nicaragua was given until December 23rd to leave the country, a time frame much shorter than the convention of one month. Taiwan is ready to debut its digital vaccination certificate. Applications will open Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock. The virtual credential can be used in place of paper certificates at any of 60 countries participating in the EU's digital COVID certificate system. Holders of digital certificates can enjoy fast-track custom cert clearance, plus access to cultural events and other activities inside participating countries. With the pandemic still raging, a paper vaccination certificate is a requirement for travel. But soon, those bound for the EU will have another option. Last week, Europe recognized digital vaccination certificates issued by Taiwan starting December 22nd. Applications for the credential open this Tuesday at 8 in the morning. People will have fast-tracked entry to the EU and other nations. Digital health certificates will be available to download from 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Just enter the URL and follow the steps to make your selection. Fill in your information to receive a digital COVID certificate that you can print out or present as a QR code. So far, 60 nations across five continents have joined the EU digital COVID certificate system. Taiwan nationals going to any of these nations will enjoy expedited entry. At its Monday press briefing, the CECC announced tougher border screening to keep out Omicron. Starting January 4th, international arrivals will need proof of a negative COVID test taken within two calendar days of boarding rather than three. Their sample must have been collected within the two days before boarding. Only then will a report with a negative result be valid. We hope that this will reduce the number of infected people coming across the border. But with COVID under control domestically, the CECC loosened restrictions on caregivers for hospital patients. Caregivers who have been fully vaccinated for 14 days will be exempt from COVID screening at hospitals. We will maintain the rule of one caregiver per patient. The screening guidelines are as follows. Caregivers who are fully vaccinated for at least 14 days will be exempt from admission screening and routine weekly screening. Monday was also the 69th birthday of Health Minister Chen Shizhong. The minister, who's led the CECC for two years now, made a wish at the press conference. Last year was one of many close calls. This year was one of many turbulent waves. I hope that next year will be the calm after the storm. After being struck by a COVID outbreak in May, Taiwan took swift containment measures to bring its case count to zero. The health chief said he hoped the worst had already passed and that the new year would bring peace to the world. Another member of Taiwan's karate team has tested positive for COVID, bringing the total number to 12. The athletes returned to Taiwan on December 24th after a complete eating in the Asian Karate Championships in Kazakhstan. Citing their CT values, the CCC says it's unlikely that they were infected recently or on the flight home. Genetic sequencing is underway to determine which COVID strain is behind the infections. The results may be out as early as Tuesday. The CCC will also convene a meeting to review how the athlete's trip was managed. Before leaving Taiwan, two of the infected team members had received just one dose of a COVID vaccine. 
The health chief says these athletes were not fully vaccinated because they experienced side effects after their first dose. According to the minister, the athletes declined a second dose for fear of it affecting their performance in the competition. Formosan black bears are one of Taiwan's most beloved emblems, but they're not as cute and cuddly in real life as they are in cartoons. As mountain climbing gains popularity, it's not just pro-mountaineers who head up into the forests, but lots of less experienced walkers too. And that means some folks come across bears unprepared. Did you know the key is to back away slowly and steadily? Mountain ragers are here to give us all the lowdown on how to emerge and skate from a run-in with a bear. Shh, do you see that shadow among the trees? We spotted a bear. A veteran mountain hiker shared this experience. In that moment, everyone in the group tried to keep still. We were crouched down to let him leave first and then carried on afterward. In August, a motorist came across a bear crossing Provincial Highway number 21. That bear was probably 20 to 30 kilograms, a small individual. In recent years, mountain hiking has grown in popularity. More and more of us are coming face to face with these magnificent creatures. This PSA from Yushan National Park Administration is here to let you know how to handle a meeting with a bear. Climbing a mountain, playing dead or running, as well as holding your breath, are all terrible ideas. The Formosan black bear is an expert tree climber. It can reach speeds of 30 to 40 kilometers an hour when running. And it's an omnivore, meaning it will eat anything. So playing dead is equivalent to saying, I give up, eat me. The comic tone of this video is meant to lighten up the very serious advice it contains. Keep facing the bear and leave slowly. Once you're a long way away, you should take a long way around it. Don't get into a direct conflict with it. Also, when you walk on the path, you can hang a bear bell on your bag. When it hears the sound of the bell, it will go away of its own accord. If you are unfortunate enough to stumble into an altercation with a Formosan black bear, this final resort might just save your life. You can also carry bear spray. This can work a bit like pepper spray. Officials at Yushan National Park highlight that staying calm is key. Keep facing the bear, back away slowly, and you'll have an amazing story to tell the kids one day. Taiwan's consumer confidence fell in December for the fifth straight month amid mounting inflationary pressures. In a survey conducted from December 18 to 21 by National Central University, the index fell 0.31 points to 73.02. Confidence weakened the most in prospects for family finances and job opportunities over the coming six months. But confidence rose in stock market investment and in the likelihood of buying durable goods. Inflation is taking a toll on consumer confidence. That's according to a survey by the Research Center for Taiwan Economic Development at National Central University. Its Consumer Confidence Index slipped in December for the fifth month in a row. Among the six indicators surveyed, consumer confidence dropped the most for household financial situation over the next half year, followed by employment opportunities over the next half year. 
With inflation hitting hard, confidence rose in the investment prospects of the stock market and in the consumption of durable goods. Taiwan's economy is doing very well this year, but the growth has mainly been in manufacturing. The service sector experienced the effects of the COVID outbreak in May. The real estate confidence index is at 122.2 this month. That's a rise of 2.7 points from last month, a new high since February 2020. It seems like the public is more optimistic about real estate and durable goods. The manufacturing sector has continued operations despite COVID, maintaining a steady stream of exports. And with COVID subsiding, the service sector is on the rebound. Even so, rising consumer prices are being felt in household budgets. The executive yuan has launched a cross-ministerial task force to investigate price gouging. Economics Minister Wang Meihua says that companies will be thoroughly investigated. The Ministry of Economic Affairs will analyze the cost of everyday goods and submit the results to an inspection task force for discussion. We will look at the cost of imports and the information provided to us by manufacturers. We will take a very detailed look at that. Wang says the government may revoke the subsidy eligibility of businesses that engage in price gouging. Violators may be asked to return subsidies already received. We're nearly ready to make an announcement regarding our minimum wage subsidies. We can indeed find a way to bring that up in the program. Earlier this year, the government launched subsidy programs to help businesses weather Taiwan's COVID outbreak. Next year, it will also offer 3.5 billion NT in subsidies to help businesses cover a rise to the minimum wage. Companies found to be engaging in price gouging while receiving government subsidies will be disqualified from the subsidy program. The strict measures are aimed at stemming rampant inflation. The Taedong city government is marking the holidays with a dreamy festival themed on desserts. It's transformed delicious sweets into visual delights, such as a 10-meter-tall bubble tea Christmas tree. Until January 9th, those with a sweet tooth are welcome to join the fun in Taizong and to welcome the new year ahead. It doesn't get sweeter than this. This cup of bubble milk tea is jumbo-sized, with colorful pearls stacked up high. It's topped with a thick straw that shines in the dark. This bubble tea tree is located in the square in front of the old Taichung Railway Station, standing 10 meters tall. As the birthplace of bubble tea, Taichung is marking the holidays with a bubble tea tree. In a festival, Taichung is so sweet. The event runs from December 24th to January 9th, 2022. Taichung is a friendly city. Everything here is sweet. People are very sweet. Our city is very sweet. And our food and delicacies are delicious. As you stroll from the old train station square to the Liuquan and Luquan waterways, you'll discover a 20-meter-tall tree water sculpture and a dreamy light installation featuring a pair of reindeer. This is a veritable feast for the eyes. We've had an especially tough year as we're just now coming out of the epidemic. So this year, the event organizers took particularly special care with all the preparation. Taichung Mayor Lu Xiaoyan joined friends big and small at Taichung City Hall. Together, they sang Christmas hymns to bless the city. At this year's sweet Christmas festival, locals share the spirit of love and togetherness, standing together as they welcome the new year.
Ma is at the hair salon for a color treatment. She can't hide her high spirits. She lies back into a basin positioned at the perfect height. As someone who's had to rely on a wheelchair, it's been a long time since she's been able to enjoy a shampoo service. It's possible now at this salon designed just for her by her sister. All three of us sisters suffer from severe myasthenia gravis. These past few months, my older sister has said one thing, that she so wishes she could have a nice shampoo service. I happen to have this expertise and a Class C license, so I told my older sister it's time for me to repay your kindness after all these years, so I opened this salon. Ma Kaini is the owner of the beauty salon. She too needs a wheelchair to get around. She and her two sisters all have a disorder that affects motor neurons. Her older sister developed symptoms early on and can no longer live independently. When her sister said she longed for a professional shampoo, Ma Kaini resolved to make that wish come true. I myself have to use a wheelchair, so I'm more able to understand the needs of people with disabilities or older adults with limited mobility. What do they need? One thing is emotional. It's respect and fair treatment. Another thing is actual infrastructure, the promotion of a barrier-free environment. Finally, it's possible for people to get a shampoo without having to leave their wheelchair. This barrier-free hair salon is located inside an MRT station. It's got a few chairs along with a height-adjustable shampoo basin. It turns out that's all you need to offer a relaxing spa experience that's accessible to all. Chen Jingwei is a fourth-year student at the Lanyang Institute of Technology. Due to a rare disease called spinal muscular atrophy, he's lost motor function in most of his body. It's a lot for any 21-year-old to take, but Chen is no ordinary young man. With his open heart and boundless optimism, he's published a book and is now chasing even bigger dreams. Just getting a grip on the controller takes him ages, but small battles like this don't face Chen Jingwei. He lives with spinal muscular atrophy and only has the full use of one of his thumbs. Gazing intently at the screen, he produces 10 characters in a few minutes using an eye-tracking system. Chen says his condition is like a devil inside him, but it's a devil that won't defeat him. My spit sometimes gets stuck in my throat and my respiratory tract, and I don't have the strength to cough it up, so it can be really difficult to breathe. All I can do is try to stay hydrated and rest up and stop studying for a while. My disease is like a little devil that lives inside my body. It is eating away at my body, at the energy in every part. Chen is a fourth-year student at the Lanyang Institute of Technology. Despite his disease, he throws himself into learning every chance he gets. He's grateful to his grandmother, who's looked after him all this time. In his autobiography, he writes about the love he has for her. He's happy to show us the book he wrote, and pride is all over his face. When he was just eight months old, Chen was diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy. Now at 21, muscles have wasted away across his entire body, but that hasn't been enough to dampen his spirit. I wrote this in 10 months. I used just one thumb to complete it. The book starts from my birth and goes to the present day, telling the many, many stories in between. 
we've been very blessed. It was through everybody coming together to help him that he was able to complete this book. Chen's life is like a perpetual thumbs up, with his thumb taking center stage. Now that he's written a book, he's off to his next goal of setting up a personal studio. He wants to convey hope in different ways to lift up and inspire other people across the world. Now we've got the forecast for this coming New Year's Eve. A dry chill is in store for your countdown plans. Temperatures will touch a low of 15 degrees in the north on Friday, New Year's Eve, as a cold air mass sweeps across the island. Let's hear from the Central Weather Bureau. Today to early morning tomorrow will be the coldest days of this coming week. From Tuesday to Wednesday, humidity levels will drop as the cold air mass weakens, taking daytime temperatures higher nationwide. The chance of rain will be limited to the eastern and northern parts of the country. After that, there will be a cold air mass that affects the New Year's countdown. Our prediction is that it will reach the intensity of a northeast monsoon. Taipei will see the lowest temperatures of about 15 degrees. Generally speaking, this wave will not be as cold as the last. We're currently experiencing a cold front that's brought snow to mountainous regions. Hohuasan and Yusan became a winter wonderland early Monday morning. Snow accumulation reached 4 to 5 centimeters at Miaoli Xueba National Park, much to the delight of tourists. 